should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. Thank you.
scripture reading today is found in Matthew 16, verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. The gates of the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. May God bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, church. I'm so happy you're here. And I want to tell you, I see a couple of faces that I don't think I've seen before. And I want to extend a really warm welcome. I know Brother Rick, Brother Matt did all this before. But I want to get a little bit personal with you this morning. And extend that same feeling of you being here. And I'm enjoying that. You know, now, I have a question for you. How many of us have experienced anxiety recently? No, don't be shy. Put your hands up. Uh, Guess what I'm experiencing this morning? Well, that too. But, you know, I... um, I want to read a little verse here for us about anxiety. It's found in Proverbs 12, verse 25, and this is from the New International Version. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Let me read that again. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. You know, the story goes like this. On one particular flight, an airline pilot had hammered his plane into the runway really hard. The airline had a policy that required the pilot to stand at the door while the passengers exited. The pilot would smile and tell everyone passing, thank you for flying with us. After this rough landing, however, The pilot had a hard time looking the passengers in the eye. Finally, everyone had gotten off the plane except for one older woman walking with a cane. And it had to be a woman. She stopped and addressed the pilot. Sonny, do you mind if I ask you a question? Why, no, ma'am, he replied. What is it? The woman said, did we land or were we shot down? (laughs) Ouch. What a burn. I bet that pilot never forgot that comment. And another airplane, though, at another time, A mother tried to comfort her crying baby. She knew that there's hardly anything more annoying than the wails of a newborn echoing through a cramped jet cabin. 
She began to sing softly to her child. Eventually, the cries faded into silence as the baby fell asleep. A man in the row behind them leaned forward to get the mother's attention. Your baby is lucky to have you sing to her like that, he said. The man shared a compliment instead of a complaint. And I hope and I know for a fact that the mother never forgot the way a stranger gave her a thumbs up. Both insults and compliments can leave a lasting impression. Which do you want to be remembered for as you travel through this world? A compliment or a complaint? Will you please bow your heads with me for a moment? May the words of my mouth, Lord, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, and thank you. Amen. Peter the Rock, Peter the Apostle. What I'm attempting to do here this morning, and I have an entire half an hour in which to do it. That is good. I'm talking about Peter the Rock, Peter the Apostle, and I'm trying to equate Peter's life with that of our own lives here in Marshfield in our church. What made Peter, what made Simon Peter a man of failures become Simon Peter a man of fame? His name is Simon Peter. We remember him as the disciple who tried to walk on water, but started sinking when the waves and the wind blew his faith away. He testified of Jesus as the Son of God, yet denied him three times in one night. He swore never to forsake his master, but ran away for fear of his life. Simon Peter, a man of broken promises, a man of failure. Again, his name is Simon Peter. We remember him as a great apostle. He boldly and tirelessly proclaimed Jesus as the Son of God. He baptized hundreds and thousands of people. He performed miracles by healing the sick and raising the dead. People chased his shadow, believing that it could heal them. Simon Peter a man of success, a man of fame. What made Simon Peter a man of failures become Simon Peter a man of fame? What made Simon Peter a man of broken promises become Simon Peter a man faithful to his promises? What turned Peter's defeat into victory? 
What transformed Peter's failures into fame? What made Simon Peter, a discouraged fisherman from Galilee, become Simon Peter, an inspired fisher of men for God's kingdom? You know, I believe the first thing that helped Simon Peter was the divine initiative. Jesus stood on the shore. The answer to these questions is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 21, beginning with verse 4. Reading from the King James Version, it reads, But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. This is now the second week after Christ has been resurrected. Jesus has already appeared to his disciples on two occasions. This will be the third time that Jesus will be with his disciples. And now Jesus is standing on the shore, looking and observing his disciples. His disciples, on the other hand, are busy doing their job. They have spent the whole night fishing, but got nothing. Peter and the other disciples still love their old job. They still love to be called fishermen rather than being called fishers of men. They still enjoy casting their nets rather than casting God's word. They still like rowing their boats rather than rowing God's kingdom into the hearts of men. But Jesus is standing on the shore. Now it's early in the morning. It's their last chance to catch some fish. They're working harder than before hoping to salvage the night spent fishing. While Peter and the disciples are busy, Jesus is standing on the shore. The failures of Peter were turned into fame. His defeat into victory. Not because he was back at his old job, nor because he labored so hard all night. His defeat was turned into victory because Jesus, the same Jesus that Peter denied, came early in that morning and was standing on the shore. Like Peter, our failures could turn into fame, a defeat into victory because of the divine initiative. Jesus is standing and knocking at our doors. We may be back into our old habits and lifestyles, but Jesus is standing and knocking. We may be busy trying to gain success, but Jesus is standing and knocking on our door. Another thing that I think refers to to, um, Peter here and applies to us is honesty. You know, when Jesus asked the disciples, if they had caught any fish, I think if I were in their position, I would be tempted to say yes, ashamed that I've been out all night 
fishing and caught nothing. But like Peter, our failures can be turned into fame. Verse 5 of that chapter tells us, Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have you any fish? They answered him, No, in an attempt to boost their ego. Imagine a group of experienced fishermen spent the whole night fishing and and catching nothing. It's like looking at Billy Graham, an experienced speaker, standing in the pulpit and could not even speak a single word. This is a humiliating experience for Peter and the disciples. Yet, without any attempt to boost their ego, they honestly answered, no, we caught nothing. If there's anything that will prevent Christ from turning our failures into fame, our defeats into victory, is to be self-righteous and to deny our failures. To think that we are rich and in need of nothing, but deep inside we are poor and naked. And then we need to be obedient to God, the will of God. Verse 6 tells us, And he said unto them, Cast your net on the right side of the boat, and ye shall find. Peter and the other disciples are experienced fishermen. They have spent all their lives fishing. They knew when and where to fish. They could have ignored the instruction of Jesus, but they did not. And so they cast their nets into the right side of the boat. And they were not able to pull it in, for it was full of fish. Yes, Peter and the other disciples were experienced fishermen, but Christ is the creator of all fish. Peter probably knew when and where to fish, but the fish knew Christ, and they obeyed when Christ commanded them, Go, gather at the right side of the boat. Peter was honest enough to accept his failures. He was willing to follow Christ's instruction. And Christ was able to perform another miracle for him and the other disciples. Peter's Peter's failures were turned into fame, his defeat into victory. Not because Peter was back at his old job, Now, because he labored so hard all night, Peter's failures were turned into fame, his defeat into victory first, because Christ came early in the morning and stood on the shore. And secondly, Christ was willing to perform another miracle for his disciples. When Peter heard from John that the man on the shore is no other than Christ himself, he immediately put on his clothes, jumped into the water, and made his way to the shore. As always, the other disciples followed him on the boat. When they came to the shore, they saw a fire of coals with a fish on it and some bread. Christ had prepared a meal for them. You know, there's a song that I play all the time, on, especially when we're in the car. 
There are lots of them. But this song is called The Battle Belongs to You. And I want to play it for you now because everything in our lives really belongs to God himself. I know a lot of us take things in our hands and we try to do it the way we think it should be done. But really and truly, the battle belongs to him. And I know that in our church here sometimes we have issues. I'm sure this happens everywhere. In our home life, our church life, work life, there are battles that we need to confront. There are things we need to iron out. But you know, if we get down on our knees and pray to God the Father fervently, there's nothing he cannot do. The battle is his. So Josh... Can you play that song for me? One other caution. You may not like the music. My children got me into liking all kinds of music. So I have a lot of respect for music. So if you don't like the music, this is just the lyrics. Brother Josh, you want to turn the lights off?
can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. deaf yet? After spending the whole night fishing, the disciples are now tired, exhausted, frustrated, hungry, and cold. If there is something in the minds of the disciples, it is to find a warm place, some cooked fish and some bread, and they found exactly what they needed. Did you spend the night fishing and got nothing? In the morning, you will discover that Christ has some fish already prepared and cooked for you. Did you spend the night in the cold? In the morning, you will see that Christ has prepared a warm place for you. Maybe you spent the night wondering where you are going to get some bread for the following morning. When morning comes, you will know that Christ has a bread for you. Did you spend the night in your sea of misery, trying to forget your failures and shortcomings and arguments with others? There is assurance in Christ. You may be hungry. There is provision in Christ. You may be exhausted. There is rest in Christ. So Christ invited them to eat, and when they had finished, Christ, for three times, asked Peter this familiar question. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter, for three times, made the same answer. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus commanded Peter, feed my lamb and follow me. Why did Christ have to ask Peter the same question three times? Why does Christ have to ask us?
the same questions three times or more. When we are aware that he is there, and all we need to do is go to him and have him do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Three times had Peter openly denied the Lord, and three times did Jesus draw him from the assurance that the assurance of his love and loyalty by pressing home that pointed question like a barbed arrow to his wounded heart. Jesus, before the assembly disciples, brought out the depth of Peter's penitence and showed how thoroughly humbled the once boasting disciple was. He was now entrusted with the important commission of caring for the flock of Christ. Instead of rebuking Peter for his failures, Christ was giving him another chance to prove himself. Christ gives us many, many chances in this world to prove ourselves. Peter's failures were turned into fame, his defeat into victory, not because of human initiative, but because of the divine initiative. Jesus stood on the shore, not because of human ability, but because of the divine miracle. You know, Peter experienced what it is like to fail, but he also experienced what it's like to be given another chance. He experienced how Christ came early that morning to turn his failures into victory. He experienced how, he, how to be forgiven by Christ and be entrusted with the same responsibility where he once failed. And now Peter could do the same thing to Mark. And I left Mark out for a reason. As we know, this desire to turn our failures into victory, this urge to give us another chance is a priority in God's plan. It is because of this that the prince of the universe decided to leave his heavenly throne, was born a babe in Bethlehem, became part of human family, and experienced the same suffering which you and I suffer. It is this desire to give us another chance that the Son of God was there in the Garden of Gethsemane, agonizing, pleading to his Father for mercy. And that was a story, a lesson study in our kindergarten division this morning. Forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing, was resurrected and ascended to heaven, and now seated at the right hand of God as a high priest. And whenever we fail, and whenever we fail, Jesus could say, my blood is sufficient for you. It is this desire that made Simon Peter, a man of failures, become Simon Peter, a man of fame. You know, there's one other song, and I, I love music. I can't sing or anything, but I do listen to some music over and over. 
and I think Quint probably gets upset with me sometimes, because I'm listening to the same thing. He probably said, can you find something else to play? But here's another one of my favorites, okay? Again, you may not like the rhythm of this music, but I love it. And maybe you should learn to love it too. So Josh, you're going to play that other song for me. The cross has made you flawless. You know when Jesus died for us? When he died on the cross, he died for us so that we will be perfect human beings. We hadn't turned out that way, though, because of sin. But I want us all to remember that when we have doubts, when we have arguments, when we, have, when we get frustrated with each other, when things don't go right in our church, in our home, in our community, that the cross, Jesus dying on the cross, has made us flawless. So let us enjoy this one again. Ignore the music if you have to. There's got to be more than going back and forth From doing right to doing wrong Cause we were taught that's who we are Come on, get in line right behind me You along with everybody Thinking it's worth it what you do Then like a hero who takes the stage When we're on the edge of our seat Saying it's too late let me introduce you to amazing grace. No matter the bumps, no matter the bruises, no matter the scars, still the truth is a cross has made. The cross has made you flawless. The cross has made you flawless. No matter the hurt or how deep the wound is, no matter. Like this, and wrap him up in righteousness. But that's exactly what that's he exactly did. What he no matter the bumps, no matter the bruises, no matter the scars, still the truth is a cross has made. The cross has
When was the last time you gave someone another chance to prove himself or herself? As a husband, wife, when was the last time you gave your spouse a chance to prove himself, herself, before passing your condemnation? We could preach and teach about love all day. But without this desire, this spirit of giving a person another chance, our preaching and teaching about love will be nothing. Or when was the last time someone, a spouse, a teacher, or a friend, really gave you a chance to correct your failures and shortcomings? When did somebody stand in front of your door, waited for you, prepared a meal for you, was willing to die for you so that he could give you another chance. If you cannot remember it, I want to tell you this morning that Christ is standing at your door, at my door. You may be experiencing some kind of failures in your life, whether it's failure in a relationship with family and others, whether it's failures in dealing with your children, whether it's failures in trying to overcome old habits. Whatever your kind of failure may be, no matter how deep you may be in it, regardless of how many times you have experienced it, Christ is able to turn those failures into, into fame, those defeats into victory. You know, Christ is for us at all times. We need to just depend on him. Sometimes our squabbles can be so minimized by just relying on Christ, remembering that he died for us, and that's the only thing we need to do is to go to him in prayer. And that will give us the courage and the endurance to deal with whatever comes our way. I want to tell you one last thing, and that is that Peter, just like us, had many weaknesses. He made a lot of mistakes, just like we do. And he learned a lot of lessons from life, just like we should and do. But Peter, eventually, he denied Christ. But he eventually came around, and Christ was his only hope, like he is the only hope of glory when he comes. So we are going to sing a closing hymn. Just before we do, though, I just want to do this. And a 12-year-old boy became a Christian during a revival. The next week at school, his friends questioned him about his experience. Did you see a vision? They asked him. Did you hear God speak? Another uh, asked the youngster answered no to all these questions. Well, how did you know that you were saved, they asked. The boy searched for an answer, and he finally said, It's like when you catch a fish. You can't see the fish. You can't hear the fish. You just feel him tugging on your line. I just felt God tugging on my heart, he said. 
We too have doubts. We too have fears. We too have failures. But do we have enough faith? Do we feel Christ tugging at our hearts? Peter did and had a long and successful walk with Jesus. How is our walk with Jesus? Great, I hope. We're going to stand and sing a closing song, number 516.